The Dark Cloud defense has been the face of FAMU football over the last couple of years, and in 2023, I think Isaiah Major could be the face of the defense. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald sports editor and contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wired. I appreciate you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Don't forget the S on the end. And today's episode will wrap up with a discussion about A.J. Gates, the new running back with Alabama State and how he brings so much explosion and receiving versatility to that Bama State backfield. But we'll start off with a two-part, with a nice little doubleheader reviewing Isaiah Major, but starting off with what I think he should be in 2023, and that is the face of the FAMU Dark Cloud defense. Now, when you look over the last two seasons, right, since FAMU has came to the SWAC, the defense has been the headliner. The defense has been the thing that you really do care about year in and year out. Now, I understand that you had an Xavier Smith last year. I understand that you're returning Jeremy Musa. And Jeremy Musa is an all-swag quarterback, a guy who was all-swag second team, the first team guy has left. So you could honestly say that they might have the best quarterback in the conference. I get it. And maybe it's just conditioning. Maybe it's just what I'm used to, the comfort fact of it. But I'm thinking defense first when I think fam you and if I'm thinking defense you have to have a face of the defense every good defense has someone who is the figurehead someone who is the face and you're looking in 2021 that was Marquise Bell in 2022 that was Isaiah Land in 2023 who will it be who will be the person who takes over for that because Bell long gone Isaiah Land just got drafted this year both of those guys are with the Cowboys ironically but Isaiah Major, in my opinion, will be the next person to fill those shoes. Maybe he's a cowboy in the waiting. Who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know. Maybe I need to drive up to Frisco and see why do you like FAMU Rattlers as undrafted free agents so much. And maybe I'll be able to get a nice little insight on whether or not Major will be a cowboy himself. However, I wouldn't even ask for him to live up to that Bell Land hype because I don't know if he can. It'll be He's not really in the same position that they were coming into the season where they were the face of the defense. See, asking them to be, asking Major to be a high-profile draft prospect, kind of like Bell was, kind of like Land was, and I know they ended up going undrafted, but I think we've been here long enough, especially for my everydayers. You know that Land and Bell were two of the more high-profile HBCU prospects, and a lot of people thought they could have went first as far as HBCU players go, right? But they ended up going undrafted. That's okay. But overall, I just don't know if Major generates that kind of draft hype 
going into the 2024 draft. But luckily, that's not required to be the face. Matter of fact, I don't know if being the best player is required to be the face. In 2021, Marquise Bell wasn't better than Isaiah Land. Isaiah Land was the defensive player of the year in the FCS. That was his year. However, I thought that Bell leading a, leading a team in tackles, you know, that's a, good, that's a good way to keep your name up there. But I thought that Bell performed well enough, consistently enough, and for at least the majority, if not the full duration of the season, still remained as the face of the defense and then really passed the torch to the guy who starred him rose in Isaiah Land. And then Isaiah Land carried that torch in 2022. Though, you could say with him being out because of eligibility issues to start the year, he had some injury issues in there, you could have an argument that he wasn't the best player on that defense last year or the best defense alignment. Now, of course, that comes down to availability. Because if you go game by game, he was the most productive defense alignment on FAMU, even though it didn't feel like it at times. It took like it, it felt like it took a while for him to really get in his groove. But you could say that Kamani Stevens was the best guy on that defense last year. You know, even if you're just talking about availability. However, Kamani Stevens is gone. I probably would have said Stevens was going to be the face of this defense, but he's not going to be here because he has entered the transfer portal. So now you see the the kind of the criteria. You see the criteria. And I think that Isaiah Major fits it because Isaiah Major did have a good season last year. Isaiah Major has been with, and I hope that I never confuse the two last names when speaking to you, but Major is a player who, since he stepped on the field at spring practice in FAMU in 2022, people are like, oh, no, he, he's, he's got it. He's one of those guys. So you look at what it takes to be the face. It takes to be the high-profile person, the person that everybody looks to, and because you're not coming in with the hype that Bell came into 21 with, with the hype that Land came into 22 with, you kind of have to be even more of a vocal leader behind the scenes. You have to do more behind the scenes if you're Isaiah Major because you're not coming in with a defensive player of the year under your belt for everybody else. Like everybody knows you inside the building, but for the mass public who's outside of Tallahassee, you might need to do a little bit more to get that face to the defense, which means being a leader. And coach, he's already said that that um that major almost said almost slipped up, but he said that major is already taking on a leadership role, and he's one of the guys who he thinks is going to be a leader on this defense. When asked why that was, he didn't just say that's who he is. You know, that's what a lot of people say, but he didn't just say that's who I am. What he said was basically the purpose behind it is improving the younger players so that the team can be better before, and. I'm not going to see her and act like that's groundbreaking or that's something that no one has ever said, but you can tell that being a leader is purposeful for him. And I think that that purpose in being a leader easily lends itself to being the face of the dark cloud defense in 2023. But there's one other thing that he needs to do. He needs to play well. And I don't think that'll be difficult because with him and his running mate, Johnny Chaney Jr., Florida A&M is in good hands with their linebacking core and we'll dive into exactly why that is as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best protein bar on the markets, bar none. I've been itching for a protein bar lately, but there's not one I would take over Built Bar. Listen, I would love to line up every single one of the protein bars that you will want. We can line up blank and blank and blank and blank because we don't promote any of those other guys on this network. And then you put Built Bar in between starting first or at the end of that list. I promise you that Built Bar will come out number one no matter who is doing the taste test. 
If you love dark chocolate, you are going to love Built Bar because it is covered in dark chocolate. I know it doesn't sound great for you, but it is high in protein, low in carbs, low in fat, low in sugar. Built Bar is everything. The Swiss Army knife of protein bars because it tastes like a candy bar with the benefits of a protein bar. I would suggest that you go to built.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked 15 for 15% off your offer. And as we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. Now, on tomorrow's episode, we will be discussing the North Carolina A&T editions as well as the XFL HBCU Showcase Part 2. And it will be at Clark University. So stay tuned for that. But I think that Isaiah Major and Johnny Chaney Jr., have the Florida A&M defense. We're talking about on the field now specifically. They have the Florida A&M defense in good hands. I truly believe that when you look at these two linebackers and what they can do for the defense, they will be a solidifying factor for the dark cloud defense, okay? Now, we've already talked about why Major could be the face. Now, of course, you had to be a good player. You had to have a good 2022. I'm not naming some new guy coming in to be the face of the dark cloud defense. I understand that he doesn't come in with the hype that Bell had, the hype that Land had, but he had a good enough 2022 where you were looking at him, no matter if Kamani Stevens left or not, as being one of the best players on that defense. All right, so that's number one. Now in 2023, because it's likely going to be an ongoing process, you won't have somebody who solidifies himself week zero and is there throughout the rest of the season no matter what. Like, I think that Bell and Land were going to be the face of the defense no matter what. In order for Major to stay as the face of the defense to the end of the year, he's going to have to hoop. He's going to have the ball. And I think that he has all the capabilities to do it. You know, we'll look at some of his traits in the running game after this. But when you look at his 2023, or excuse me, 2022, he had 83 total tackles, and 50 of them were solo tackles. The next leading tackler was at 57. And that's no slight to the next leading tackler. It's just a fact to say, look at the huge gap in between Major and the next guy. He was by far the leading tackler on his team. Now, what I appreciate behind just the tackling, because, yes, you can get tackling numbers. I've seen people get 100 tackles in the NFL and be on the streets in two years. How many people really respected Blake Martinez of the Giants and of the Packers? Not a lot because he got a bunch of tackles, but people didn't feel like they were impactful tackles so what does Isaiah Major do to set himself apart from just being a tackling player well he has 13 and a half tackles for a loss on the season last year so you're looking at of his 87 that's about a fifth no that's about a sixth of them yeah about a sixth of his tackles were tackles for a loss that's quick math that's quick math anyway <laughs> but I love it because yes he's top 10 in tackling when it comes to all players with his 83. Cool. He probably wants to up that a little bit because he was a little higher earlier in the year. Maybe he won't because of his running mate and Johnny Chaney, but you want to probably up that number to maybe top five. I know he's competitive. He seems like a competitive player. He'd probably want to rank top five in the swag and tackles. 
But one thing he did do, because he did rank top 10 in tackles for a loss as well, but he was top five in tackles for a loss amongst linebackers. Okay? We typically get into tackles for a loss when discussing defensive linemen because they're at the line of scrimmage, and it shows how well they penetrate. It's one of the defensive, or excuse me, the disruptive stats that I highlight specifically so many times when it comes to defensive ends. Stacks, excuse me, sacks and tackles for a loss. But tackles for a loss is a great stat no matter what position you play. You can play safety. If you get a bunch of tackles for a loss, you're making impactful plays. And I love TFLs because they're not really a stat that can be generated by luck. Yes, somebody can slip a tackle and you're right there, but you have to be behind the line of scrimmage. To me, interceptions can kind of just fall in your lap. You cover your man, a tip ball, and oh, you're Johnny on the spot. You're in the right place. But for tackles for a loss, you kind of have to get yourself into the right place because they're not just going to fall in your lap. They, somebody just doesn't slip a tackle and you're seven yards back and you just magnetize to them and, oh, I got a TFL. No, that's not how that happens. Now, that, that's not how that works. You have to make plays yourself. So it's 13 and a half were impressive. And I'd say that that number is probably the one thing I'd want Johnny Chaney to fix a little bit. He had four on the season. And I know with Major being there, you're not the lead linebacker. So you, you're probably not going to be a 10 TFL guy. But can I get seven, eight? If I can get to 10 between the two, each between the two, or let's just say 20. Let's just say 20 TFLs between the two linebackers. I'm pretty happy about that. So I think that's one thing I don't want Johnny Chaney to step up. But overall, I like Chaney a lot. I went into this looking for Major, and I saw Chaney. That doesn't mean he was outshining Major or anything like that, but I just couldn't help but see, who's this other guy? They're not built the same. They don't look the same on the field. I don't know how much each of them weighs, but they're not built the same, no matter what the weight is. Major looks bigger, but they play so similar, and they play so well. They're so fast. They're so speedy. And, you know, I said I would look at what they're doing, right, as far as traits versus production. And Major and Chaney are your two leading tacklers, so you're great to return those. You're happy about that. But FAMU was the third best run defense in the league in the conference last year, and the reason that was the case is because of these two linebackers and the defensive linemen, right, because you want to show love to the big uglies up front. But they're so fast downhill. They're so aggressive. They're such good run defenders. And when you see them meet up with offensive linemen, let's just say you take all other 20 players that are on the field at the moment – away right you just isolate major or cheney depending on who you're looking at in the offensive alignment that they're going against they do a great job of disposing and attacking offensive linemen and i think that's what makes their run defense so special because they're aggressive we're not looking too much at their their pass game i think there could probably be some work on that but they don't put them in too many positions in the positions that they put them in i think that they're they handle themselves pretty well specifically major i didn't look too deeply in cheney's pass coverage but if you isolate Cheney, Major, and whoever the offensive lineman they're going against is, you see that they they shed, you see that they blast, and you see that they force when it comes to offensive linemen. And I'll break down all three of them. See, blasting and shedding are ways to, and I, I don't know if this is something I always said blast, but they're basically ways to get rid of the offensive linemen. I've seen them run face first in the offensive lineman, knock them back, disengage, and be able to locate the ball. Whether or not they make the tackle, let's Remember, we're taking all of the 20 players off. We're just looking at this interaction and the ability to get off of blocks, and I think they both possess them well in two ways and enforces something different. But when you blast the linemen, that's difficult because they're bigger than you. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. 
but I think that both Major and Chaney have a pretty good success rate when it comes to ramming the defense or excuse me, ramming the offensive linemen and just getting off and being able to look. Cause you're not just running, hitting, and then, oh, I got off, but I can't do anything. Then you look at Shad. That's when the offensive lineman gets you. That's using your hands. They do a good job of hand fighting. They do a good job of kind of throwing the offensive lineman out of the way a little bit. And they always keep their head up. Even when they're shedding, even when they're blocking, they don't get rid of their or finish their move, get rid of the offensive lineman, and then not know what to do. And it's easy to do that when you just go head up like a ram, just boom. But they do that, and then they keep their head up, and they know where to go look for the ball. And then force, that's not really about shedding or anything. It's just about the fact that when they're going against uh, stretch plays, you often see Chaney and Major do a good job of forcing an edge. Sometimes they're the most outside player. Sometimes they're the second the most outside player. But either way, they do a good job of setting that edge, so to speak, and then making sure that the running back has to cut in. And I think that's a great trait by both of them because you might not be the edge player, but so often we talk about the edge player forcing the forcing the edge, forcing the cut back. But if the front side linebacker is able to come in and force them to cut back or force them to take the hole, force them to cut up, then that allows the backside linebacker to actually make a play because they're kind of trailing and they're coming down the line, so to speak, right? And now they can make that tackle. So I think that that is a very important thing. Yes, sometimes you want to block or excuse me, you want to blast, you want to shed, you want to be able to make that play. But sometimes you just need to play your role, force that running back to have to slide inside, cut back up or cut back and allow that or trust that your running mate, whether that's Chaney trusting major or major trusting Chaney is going to be there to make a play. And a lot of times either them or the defensive linemen who were trailing were there to make the play. Now, I want to go into running backs because we're talking about one cut, and that's what I think that A.J. Gates is when it comes to running the ball, but he's so much more than just a runner at the running back position, and we'll dive into exactly what that means as we wrap up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. And that's wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. Thank you to my everydayers. And I want to appreciate and thank you two times for that. A.J. Gates, to me, brings so much explosion to the Alabama State running back backfield. So after losing Ja'Cory Merritt, it was kind of questions of what are they going to do along the you know, running game because you want to run a lot. Coach Robinson has already said, we want to run the ball, period. So that's been laid out. So now you know how important that running back position is. And they're bringing in A.J. Gates, a player who has been all up and down Alabama. A.J. Gates has been all around Alabama for the last couple of years. He came out of high school in Birmingham. Then he went to University of Alabama, so he went up to Tuscaloosa. Then he came back down to Birmingham to play for UAB. Right, University of Alabama at Birmingham. So when you're seeing this, when you're seeing this player who's been bouncing around, you wonder what does he have in a tank? Not as far as exhausted, but just who is he? What kind of player is this player that he can't stick at an organization or stick with a program? But the truth is he just hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities. And for that reason, I'm very thankful that they gave his practice film to him because I didn't know what to expect. Matter of fact, I avoided this topic. It's okay, you got a, a running back from UAB, cool. Dude hasn't played, cool. But then I finally took the time to sit down and look at his practice film. 
and I got excited. I didn't I didn't know where I was going to go with segment three. A lot of times segment three is a work in progress. Peek behind the curtains, right? Segment three is a work in progress every day. And sometimes I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with segment three. But when I saw exactly what A.J. Gates was doing on the UAB and Alabama practice field, I knew exactly what segment three was going to be. It was going to be about the fact that A.J. Gates is bringing so much explosion to Alabama State's running back room. Now, he's a runner, but he only got 18 carries in his career. That's some people's game. Like, I would love for you to go look to see how much Jarvin Howard, how many games he had 18 or more rushing rushing attempts. But Shul Tootin, how many times he had, excuse me, about how many times he had 18 or more rushing attempts in a game. I would just be very interested. But that's how many that A.J. Gates has had over his last two seasons at UAB. And, of course, he'll get more. He'll probably be a more of a focal point. But I want to look at his passing game because I think he receives the ball very well. That was the thing that stuck out to me on this film because it was two and a half minutes of cut-ups of what he's done, his highlights in practice. And, yes, he has some running. He has some explosion. He was quick. There was one where he beat the cornerback to the edge. He was like, man, this dude got some jets for real. But the thing that stuck out to me consistently was how much he was able to affect the passing game. He put one guy on his back in pass blocking. But then probably the most impressive play that he had in that two-and-a-half-minute clips was a was a kind of a corner route. Looked like it was kind of a wheel route, but it was a corner route out of the backfield where he ran about 12 yards upfield and at the break point where he had to cut out and up, right? I mean, he left this defensive back on the ground. No, it wasn't a block, like I said, with the linebacker. He just broke his ankles. Point blank, period. There's no other way to really put it. But it was such an impressive play. I said, oh, okay. And that was early in the in the, in the the clip. So I started looking, okay. Then I see he start running, he's running wheel routes. He's running deep down the field. He's not just catching passes that are five yards. He's running deep down the field. So he adds a little bit of a passing attack. And he does have some attempts that are shorter and closer to the line of scrimmage. So it's not like he's just a deep threat and nothing else when catching. He's a running back. Of course, he can run little option routes five yards up the up the line of scrimmage, right? But he's fast. He's quick. He's shifty no matter how he gets the ball in his hands, whether he's running or if he's a receiver. He's shifty. He knows how to make people miss. He's, he's elusive. I loved watching this film. And to think this was a player who I was just like kind of shrugging off because he hadn't had much production and I just didn't feel the need to talk about a player who didn't have much production. And I watched two and a half minutes and I regret it instantly counting him out. A.J. Gates is a player to watch in 2023 for Bama State. And I think he he brings explosion in the running game and in the passing game from the running back position in 2023 for the Hornets. And I appreciate you making us your first listen of the day every day. On tomorrow's episode, we'll be discussing North Carolina A&T's transfers. They've been bringing in three big-time transfers over the last, I think, about half week, maybe a week in total. And we'll dive into those three players on tomorrow's episode. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.